bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. It's the Hive Sports Podcast. Jazz, college football, bees, we got them all. So listen up, because we, 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 we got the buzz. Turn down the buzz! All right, welcome to the Hive Sports Podcast. We have our very first ever Big Blues Day episode. I'm Daniel Olson. Um, you can find me on Twitter. I'm the Aggie fan, Dan. My handle is at USU the right blue. And so, as you can tell, I'm a big Aggie fan. So, I'm excited to bring this this episode to you. And today we have a special guest. But before that, just make sure to, to also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you just search the Hive Sports, you can find us there. And also, we're doing a giveaway, so if if you can please give us a, a five-star review and comment what you like, what we can improve on Apple Podcasts, then we can enter you to win some Aggie swag. We might get throw a Aggie mask in there or, or Aggie cup, or, or we'll, we'll throw in something cool. But without further ado, I'd like to, for the first episode, introduce a former Aggie basketball player. His name is Tyler Newbold. So, Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks for uh, having me on. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, I definitely remember you playing. I, I think I was, yeah, just finishing up high school, starting my mission. So, I remember you, like, a little bit before my mission and kind of right after. Um, nice. But, but yeah, what what got you into basketball and how did you end up at Utah State? Yeah, so I, uh, I, my dad was a high school basketball coach in Utah um, when I was born, and so I guess you could say I was kind of born into the game. Um, so I kind of grew up um, going to basketball games from a very, you know, very early age. Uh, he was a an assistant coach at Jordan High School in Salt Lake County when I was born, and then we kind of moved around the whole state of Utah um, to different places as he got new jobs. We, we went to uh Penguich high school. So in Penguich, Utah, if anybody knows where that is middle of nowhere in Southern Utah. And then um, we moved to Price, Utah and he coached at Carbon high school. And then we moved to Payson, uh, Utah when I was uh, in eighth grade. Um, and he kind of quit coaching then and kind of got into some other things, but um but yeah, I kind of grew up going to uh, going to games and kind of just living in the gym at, at, at all of his uh, high school practices and being there after the practices were over and um, just a, always loved it from a from a very early age. Um, and then as far as like how I got into or how I went or got you know into Utah State, um, kind of just your normal recruiting process. I I. Uh, I was kind of getting looked at through the AAU circuit, you know, between my sophomore and junior year, and interested reached out really, really early in the process, and was really genuine and and really, you know, on me early that way. And I always felt really comfortable with their the coaching staff, Coach Morrill at the time, and Coach Durier and everybody, and um, and really, you know, once once I attended a few games in Logan and saw the atmosphere, um, it was it was uh, a done deal. I mean, I, I, I say that, I mean, there's other things I looked at too. I was, I was going on a mission 
And so I kind of looked at some of those, you know, the things in, in regards to like, okay, how, how likely is the head coach going to be there when I get back from my mission? And I know with, I knew with coach Stu that that was not going to be a, an issue obviously. And um, at the time, I mean, this is kind of crazy how, how old it is and how long ago it's been now, but um, it was like 2003, 2004 when this was happening and um, Utah state was moving from the big West to the WAC at the time. Um, and that was actually a big jump up at the time. Um, you know, the WAC was a, a really strong conference then. And so kind of a combination of things, um, just feeling like it was going to be a really good fit. The coaches just being so genuine and, um, you know, attending a game in the spectrum, there's nothing, nothing quite like that when it's a, when it's a big game um, around. So uh, a lot of those things, and it just felt kind of a, uh, felt kind of right. And uh, I uh, wouldn't, uh, wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. It was, it was definitely the right decision for me. So. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. I remember your years, there were, that was some of the golden years of Aggie basketball, just kind of the late two thousands into the ne- this last decade. And, and yeah, it couldn't have been a better time and, looks like you had some good moments um conference championships and and you were a big part of that um but with that i was going to ask kind of what other aggie that you've seen either past or present um which other aggie do you think your game is most comparable to oh man that's a good question um that is a good question i Oh, man, I, I think that uh, I like to say, I as far as like current players, I, I definitely have a, a very different um, a different game than this player. But I feel like the, my attitude uh, and our, kind of our approach to the game and just kind of your your true grind, like grit and just like go out and do whatever you need to do to get the job done. I feel like I I you know, is, in regards to like the the players now I. I feel like I was kind of comparable to a, a Justin Bean, where maybe he's not like the most most talented guy in the whole in the whole gym, but I always just competed competed my butt off, right? And that's what he does. He just does whatever it takes to help the team win. He's all over the floor, and I felt like that's kind of uh, what I tried to do um, when I was playing. I, I was a, obviously a more of a perimeter type player, but I always took the I loved taking on, you know, the best team's other, you know, best perimeter offensive player and and trying to guard them and and doing my best on them and just really just trying to grind that way. I, I, uh, I feel like that, uh, you know, that was, uh, something I just really loved to do. So I, I guess that's the first person that comes to mind. If I had to think about it for longer, maybe there'd be some other good examples, but, uh, but yeah, that's probably what I would say. Um, Justin Bean was on our podcast um, back back kind of when this whole COVID started. I started oh, really? um, I started interviewing just kind of a lot of different people, and we've been doing some different things since then. But um, when I was talking to him, I, I thought of your game. Kind of, I remember you like like you said, maybe he's more of like he, he's like a double double, like rebound points. Like he's got a little bit of a different game, but the same attitude is is kind of what. I remember from your game as well. So, so yeah, that's cool that we were thinking along the same wavelength there. <laughs> yeah. I like, I mean, I, I hope that I can, you know, Justin's an awesome player and he, he puts up a lot of stats, especially rebounding. And as he's grown, 
you know, within the program, he's definitely more of a scorer and just really solid overall player. And, you know, I, I'd like to think that I, I, I felt like I had, you know, the same approach to the, to the game in regards to just the, the physicalness of it and, and throwing your body around and just trying to do whatever you can to, to help the squad be successful and, and not worried about anything else. And, and that's, uh, Every every team needs you know several of those those types of guys and Justin definitely is is one of those for sure. Yeah, that that makes definitely makes sense and and from what I've kind of heard when I was talking to Justin, um, Craig Smith's really looking for him to kind of be a leader because he's an upperclassman and you know Sam Merrill's gone and so it'll be interesting to see how that happens. Hopefully, there's not too many growing pains because I mean we've already won two two championships. We're hoping for a three peat here, but. But yeah, it's just kind of fun to see the the ride and hope hope that the Aggies can keep it going. Yeah, uh, absolutely, absolutely. They're uh, you know they're they're they've been on a little roll here the last couple of years, and uh, you know let's I'd love to have them keep you know keep keep going. It's it's hard to win one every single year, but you definitely can get a program into a place where you're you're competing for it every, every year. And that's, that's what makes it fun for, for everyone. So hopefully we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Um, I was, so yeah, that kind of segues into my next question, you know, but a great, I mean, a great shooter, a great leader, like Sam Merrill, like he's gone now. So what do you think it'll take for the Aggies to get the three peak? Cause I mean, I guess you've played for regular season conference championships before. So like, and so you kind of know what it takes, but what do you think it'll take for this group of Aggies to to get it done? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really good question. I, there's, a, there's kind of a lot of moving pieces to that. Um, the first thing is is I I don't think that um, it's really important that none of these guys that are going to be there this year, you know, the new players or or any of the uh, guys that are going to get more minutes that you, this year that that were on the team last year. None of them need to feel like that they have to take over for for Sam and be what he was, right? Because like nobody's going to do that. <laughs> I mean, guys like him are are few and, and far between, and they don't come around, you know, super super often. Um, and so, what those guys need to do is they just need to come together. They all need to get better during the off season and and things that they're weak at, you know, and fine tune those things up. And they really just need to come come together as a team and figure out how to do it collectively. Um, they all are fantastic players and um, they just need to figure out, okay, here's, you know, he's gone. This is what we need to do next. Here's how we step up. Um, I think a big key to the team, really, Sam was just such a good, good decision maker um, and, and just understood how to play the game. You know, obviously he, he was a bucket getter and, and could get, you know, buckets at any time, but he always made the right decision. Like when did he make, how often did he make the wrong decision? It, I mean, it's very few times, right? And so I think a big key to the team, it will be having the guard line, whoever's going to be playing point point guard and whoever's going to be bringing the ball up the court and making decisions on running the team, having somebody that can be, you know, not necessarily what Sam was, but can really be solid at those at that position and run the team well, not turn the ball over, uh, have a good assist to turnover ratio and just really get the team into the offense. Um, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things I will, I will focus on uh, with this year's team is figuring out who those guys are going to be, who's going to be the playmaker with the ball in their hands that can take care of the ball, that can get the team into offense 
and can make you know good solid decisions with with the ball out on out on the guard line because we we definitely relied upon that upon Sam for a lot of that this you know past couple of years and I think that'll be a big key to look for is is who can you know it's definitely going to be by committee but who are those two or three guys that are going to step up and say hey you know we're running the show we're taking care of the ball we're getting the ball to the right spots um and and running the offense the way that that coach Smith wants it ran and and if they can do that and do that successfully I think they'll I think they'll be just fine because they have you know they have the big men in those spots that are are really going to be really help you know really big for us with with Kata and Bean and some of those other you know big tall guys we have I think we'll be just fine there I think like I said the big key will be to you know how does the guard line perform how do they take care of the ball and how do they get the team into offense and make good decisions because we, uh, you know, obviously know Sam was tremendous at that, but um, I think that'll be a big, uh, a big aspect to how far they go this year, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely does. I know. Yeah, so the guard line is going to be new. I think. Yeah, Abel Porter, he, he's off to Ohio State for as a grad transfer, and, mm-hmm. and we brought in the guy from from Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, Anthony. Yeah, so Mar- Marco. An- An- Marco Anthony. Yeah, Marco Anthony. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I I was kind of thinking lately. I've been just really into stats, like basketball stats, and I know basketball is a lot more than just stats. But when you brought up just the turnover ratio, I I always like to think like, how does one stat affect another? And like you said, if 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 you're good at this, just the turnover ratio, like you still don't want to be timid. Like you want to make passes without like hesitating. But um, I feel like if you have a good assist to turnover ratio, then Maybe your plus minus will be better, and then hopefully over your overall wins will be more more so than than if you're committing turnovers. Like someone like LeBron James, maybe he can get away with seven turnovers in the finals and still find a way to win. But yeah. but for most of us, like yeah, we got to take care of the basketball as in college. Yeah. Well, and you think of the the team they're gonna have, right? Like. They, if they're turning the ball over constantly, where the other team can get runouts and easy layups and dunks, like that's gonna that that's gonna hurt any team, right? But this team, especially with the rim protection that they're gonna have with Kata, and I mean, good heavens, they're they're probably one of the gonna be one of the tallest teams in the country again um, this year, which is crazy to think about. But um, I mean, you've got athletic, big, tall guys back there you're going to want to have your defense set up every single time and make sure that the other team is, doesn't have, you know, fast break opportunities in uh, all game. Like you want to limit their fast break opportunities. You can get guys back and set up your defense. Uh, they're definitely going to, you know, Utah State's going to be a tough team to score on with, you know, those two defensive hustler, you know, you've got Kata who's super athletic and then being like, we've already talked about with what he does defensively and throwing his body around like, That'll be a big key. So taking care of the ball um, and, and making sure we get our defense set up more often than not, I think, is going to be a, a huge a huge thing for this team as they kind of get up and going. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think we have a couple seven-footers. I know the guy down down in Provo, Matt Harms, he's like seven-foot-three. But, I, but um, at least here in Utah State, I feel like a good quantity of – like you can't go wrong with having – three seven footers on the team <laughs> no you can't you can't teach heights what they say right you know you, yep. you get height and that's 
you combine some height with some talent and you got you got something to work with there. So we obviously have Kata who's really talented and continuing to develop, get better and hopefully some of those young big guys can continue to get bigger and stronger and better and and if they do they're, you know, being able to have a starter as well as, you know, a couple guys off the bench that you can come in and have that uh that height in there. It uh I know there's you know, we're in the era of like small ball and, and, and that sort of thing, but there's a there's a definite advantage in, in in different things you can do with with having that that height in there as well, um, and making it hard on on teams to score, especially at the rim when you can kind of get them to hopefully you know shoot be shooting more jumpers uh, you know over the course of the game and and uh, that's that's something that's people don't talk about a lot but it's it's valuable like just the value of having people back there where you're you're not necessarily um, sometimes it doesn't affect the stat sheet. Like, for example, obviously, like, when a guard drives in and they know Kata's in there, Kata may not, not get, might not get the block because the guy knows he's in there and he's not necessarily going to take it all the way to the rim. He's going to try to shoot a crazy floater or whatever, a step-back jumper. And there's a lot of stuff that there's that doesn't show up on the stat sheet when you have a guy that that's, that is that big and that athletic in there um, that are really valuable to winning. Um and and that's something that Utah State definitely has, and they need to leverage those things that they have that way. So, yeah, that makes sense. Like we kind of see it with our our former two-time Defensive Player of the Year for the Jazz, Rudy Gobert. He he definitely alters a lot of shots, and so sometimes people mm-hmm. don't see that, and they kind of discredit him and say, "Oh, like he can't guard the perimeter, he can't do all this," but he does a lot down there, down low. So, that, that absolutely. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, but yeah, I thought for maybe a moment we could just uh, change subjects to football, and we'll get back to basketball in in a little bit. But but since we got football next week, I'm gonna for next episode I might go solo and and preview a little bit of the football. But um, I guess we saw two years ago in Matt Wells' last year we went 11 and two, and kind of took a step back. Last year, there was just some crazy stuff that happened. But um, what do you think football can do to kind of replicate the success and, and consistency that, that basketball has under these first two seasons under Craig Smith? Oh man, that's a <laughs> that's a good uh, that's a good question. I, I wish I, I had the crystal ball and, and knew the exact <laughs> right answer um, to that. But uh, you know, I, I think. Um, I think it's exciting that we have uh coach Anderson uh back and um you know in in a place where he wants to be and and wants to continue to build it and make Utah State Utah State great. Um obviously we saw what um what he did the first time he came here and really you know got got Utah State football really out of the doldrums and been you know been down for for so long and, and kind of getting them out of that. I think it's really valuable to have him back because he knows what it took to do that. Um, but I do think, you know, it's, it is, it is interesting because I think football is a sport. It's a little different than basketball, obviously when you have so many more players, um, you know, in basketball, sometimes you can come in and get, you know, one or two big recruits and it can really change your, your whole team that next year. Um, into something that's it's much different than what you may have had previously, and I think I think in football it, it's obviously it'll take you know a, a little longer to establish that. So I I think that the, the biggest thing 
um, is, is, is giving Coach Anderson the time he needs to really get the, the, the players he wants in place. Um, because we know, I think from what I've seen and what we've seen in the past, when we ha- when he has the guys he wants wants in place, um, we we've seen what he's been able to do in the past at, at Utah State. And so, I think it's just a matter of of recruiting, um, getting the guys he wants here. We're already kind of seeing the effects of that with with uh, you know some of these uh, connections he has with different schools, especially Utah. Um, and being able to get some of those transferred kids that have really performed at a high level at Utah State. So I just think continuing to, to recruit in-state really well, as he did when he was here before, um, as well as, you know, really working the, the transfer market, because I think that that's a, becoming a bigger and bigger um, thing uh, in in college sports is, is being able to really uh, hit hit some home runs here and there with some of those transfers and, um, you know, and, and really just uh, – trusting the trusting the process so i i'm excited that, that coach anderson's back i think he's an awesome coach I've, the uh, when he was here at utah state the the first time i um, was able to talk to him a few times like in the weight room and stuff and what a what a what a great guy like i can i i would love to i would love to play for that guy you can tell that he's a, a player's coach and um i think it's just a matter of a matter of time before we before we see some really good good solid things uh you know coming from from the football squad as well so yeah, I, I agree. Like, I, I, I'm maybe not expecting eight, eight and zero this year, but I mean, it would be great yeah. if we did. But um, we open with Boise. I'm at Boise, and at least yeah. we don't have the Boise. I'm doubting they'll have all their fans there. Maybe they'll allow a couple, but so we won't get yeah. the true it's like, experience. Oh, thanks, Mountain West. One of the, your first game after all this, and you know, go go ahead and go to Boise, and uh, that's where we start. I was like, okay. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it'll be a blessing in disguise. Like just being the first game, and everybody's kind of got some rust and not knowing what to expect. Maybe we'll be able to surprise and take advantage. We'll we'll have to see. It'll it'll be exciting. I know I'm I'm pumped to have some football to watch. I love watching college football. It's it's awesome, and uh, I love watching the Aggies. It's been sad not having not having you know two out of the three in state teams even playing and the one the one team that is playing I don't really care to watch so <laughs> it's exciting yeah. to, to be able to to have um at least as an Aggie fan perspective um to be able to to have that coming up is is exciting I think for everyone so hopefully we can all hopefully everyone can all stay safe and and healthy and we can have the full eight games <laughs> yeah that makes sense and and yeah I'm with you there i I've been watching that team down in Provo, well, yeah, the BYU, um, because it's kind of like my goal is to cover all the in-state teams, but I'm definitely oh, yeah. excited to cover the Aggies because, like, it's been, I mean, I've, I've tried to write about them and talk about them a lot and the Aggies in the NFL, but it's, yeah, it's definitely been a while since the Aggies have played, so it'll be good to, to watch and cover those games. Um, but, yeah, and, and I think it's- Boise... Oh, sorry. I was gonna say Boise. Oh, Boise isn't returning a ton of starters, so so who knows? Maybe I mean they have a good quarterback, so maybe we can, like you said, maybe we can surprise them. Yeah, and from an from an athlete's perspective, I'm just happy that like I'm happy that these the kids have a chance to hopefully get on the field and and hopefully crossing our fingers that they can you know stay on the field and and play all the games. It's and I know that that there's been some games canceled this year because of what's going on. But, you know, it's, I, 
from a athlete's perspective, a student athlete perspective, like I, I know how hard those kids have worked all year leading up to the, you know, the season and, and then not having a season. And then yes, we're having a season. No, we're not. You know, it's just, they're just, I, I can't imagine working so hard and not having any, any like fruits of your labor, if you will, to be able to have a season. So I'm, I'm super excited for those guys that have worked their butts off so hard and, and, uh, you know, now they'll they'll get a chance to to have, at least have, you know, three you know three fourths of their of their season. Just they're not they don't have their non conference games, but it would be a shame if they didn't have uh, weren't able to play at all with with how hard they all those kids work. I, I know how much time it takes to to be, to play you know a Division one sport, and it's um, it would be super super sad if they didn't get a chance. So I'm I'm pumped to to see what they can do. Yeah, yeah, me too. And yeah, hopefully we can all, um, the athletes and then just all of the Aggie Nation and, and Cash Valley there can try to stay, stay, stay safe so we can, because I mean, we've seen games get canceled. I mean, the, the BYU had their game canceled against Army and it was kind of a weird time because some people thought it might have been due to some of those parties that were going on in Provo. And so, but yeah, definitely hopefully they can keep some, keep everybody safe so that that the players can stay safe and be able to play. Totally agree. Totally agree. We all we all want to see it, and it, it makes it makes it fun for everyone. I think sports, especially college sports, can be a very unifying thing for for people, right? Because they you don't you don't you know you don't see black or white or whatever you know what political stance or you know whatever like it's. If you if you went to the school, you, you can support the team. It doesn't matter, you know, anything else. And I think it's something um, that I, you know, I think it can be very unifying to to people is to be able to have um, those games to be able to support your school and kind of have that camaraderie among among a fan base is I think is something that's healthy for everyone, um, you know. But I, I I guess just make sure that we do what we're asked to do so that we can continue to continue to have it. And, and we don't have to turn it off again. So, yeah, I think we're all hoping that it's nice to see a lot of the other like Big Ten, Pac-12, all those um, conferences coming back. But um, but yeah, back to so back to our our favorite sport, basketball. Um, <laughs> there's so much we could talk about, but um, I'm not a ton of time. But I was gonna see. Well, I mean, we could always, like, compare, you know, as fans, we like to compare, like, a lot of people were comparing, like, Sam Sam Merrill versus Jimmer this year, like, the BYU fans and Aggie fans were going at it, and I haven't really seen a lot of Aggie fans on Twitter lately, so I'm kind of hoping to see them get back into it and, and get excited, but, um, but yeah, I guess you played for a great, like, like, J.C. Carroll, um, not mm-hmm. for him, you played with him. <laughs> And you play with a great coach like Stu Morrill. Um, so maybe we can, I don't know, those are comparable people. Like maybe we can see kind of how, I don't know, your take on kind of how Craig Smith compares to Stu Morrill and then maybe how Sam compared to your guy that you were playing with, J.C. Carroll, and kind of what 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 you and what J.C. and Stu did to lead the team and kind of what how how that's kind of the same now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in regards to like the the comparison between Stu and, and Craig Smith, I think 
obviously very um, very different type of personality. Uh, you got Coach Smith, who's very personable with the media and very social, and, and I, you know from interviews and people that talk to him, you just you can't get the guy to stop talking. Sometimes <laughs> um, he's just very very energetic, and and you can see how your players just want to would love playing for that guy. Um, Stu, from the social aspect and the media aspect, I mean he's very very much more old school and 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 different in in that way. Um, from from that perspective, um, but the thing that they definitely have in common is you can tell that their teams are a hundred percent bought in to whatever the task at hand was, um, and that's kind of cool for me to see because they're definitely two different types of personalities uh, as coaches, but there's not one way to to go about being a good coach. Um, and and so I think that's the biggest thing I, I would kind of can say in comparison is I know all the teams that I played on, we were totally bought into the game plan. We were totally bought into our roles on the team. We were totally bought into the task at hand and what, what we're wanting to do and for, you know, helping each other is in regards to uh, not really caring about stats uh, and just caring about the end goal of if we won the game or not. And so, I think that's very similar to what Coach Smith has brought to, to Utah State, um, and with a couple, you know, the teams that he's had so far is, yes, you know, the the personalities is different, um, you know, the the X's and O's are, are different, you know, their their uh, their offense is a little more free flowing and a little more, you know, modern, I guess you could say, but um, but the aspect of being totally bought in. And you can tell the team, you know, has genuine care for each other, not caring who scores, not caring who, you know, who does what, but just focusing on what the task at hand is together as a team and being totally bought into that goal. I think that's something that is definitely, you know, the same between what Stu had and, and what he had going and what Craig Smith has brought to brought to the team. Um, and then in regards to um, Sam and uh, – I forget what that question was. It was comparing Sam and JC, or or. Well, yeah, yeah. That that's kind of what because since this is an Aggie podcast, we don't need to get yeah. into like Jimmer and. Cause, yeah, we know Jimmer was yeah. great in college. <laughs> like he he could shoot a lot, but but as far because I I always grew up thinking like okay JC's the best. Nobody's ever gonna pass him. And some of the old timers were like, yeah. hey, like do, have you heard of Wayne Estes? Like if he if he had not that tragedy yeah. happen, he would have been. He would have been crazy, like cause he 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 already scored a ton his first three years, and probably would have been a top like NBA draft pick. But that, but but for me, yeah, I always grew up thinking, yeah, there's no way anybody can get close to JC. But I think um, after Sam, maybe before Sam hit the shot um, against San Diego State, like maybe people don't even consider him in, in the same comparison. Even even though he's great, like he he was like one of the top. I think he's now in the second highest career scoring of all time but but I think before he hit that shot I just w- was thinking like okay JC's the greatest scorer of all time but um I guess I'm just giving my opinion here like once Sam made that shot like a lot of Aggie fans were saying he was the greatest of all time but to me that was kind of unfair to JC like e- even though I mean there were then two different conferences and, and Sam's talented but I was thinking maybe Sam might have been one of the bit best clutch players just because um, I mean, 
especially in that moment, because I know he's missed shots before, but I, I think he hit the biggest shot and like the, in the biggest stage against like the one of the best teams in the nation. Like San Diego State only lost one game, so that's kind of what I was yeah. thinking. But um, but yeah, I'll, yeah, I guess I'll let you. Um, so, so what are your thoughts having played with JC and then having seen Sam? Kind of, like, yeah. how would you compare those two? Yeah, that's a that's an awesome question, and I mean it's it's one of those things that's like it, you're you're gonna be loving life if you have either of those guys on your team, right? <laughs> um, they're yeah. very uh, they're very the interesting thing about them is they both are are bucket getters, like they can just fill it up and and score twenty a night at, at ease, but that um, how they did it in college at least. Um, was was pretty different if you actually watch kind of how they played. Like JC, he feasted on flying off of pin down screens and flying off screens and just catching and you know had the quickest release that of anyone that I've ever seen or played with of just flying off of screens and then getting a shot off just instantaneously and then hitting you know these crazy floaters off the wrong foot and just constantly moving. And then Sam, I mean he can do that too, but he played a lot more with the ball in his hands, right? Like he's much more effective, at least in college. Um, JC obviously has gotten a lot better since he was been playing professional over the years, but JC was a lot better in college at kind of hand, uh, playing off on ball screens and making the right read and the right decisions and being able to, you know, hit step backs and, and, and use his body and get into the paint and, and, and score and, um, so kind of how they how they lit it up, uh, they both lit it up, but they the, how they lit it up was was definitely you know, different in, in how they in how they went about the games. You know, Sam was more of a ball handler, the ball in his hands a lot, and, and making decisions that way and making the right reads and and uh, going you know getting getting uh, creating his own shot. Um, and JC could create his own shot too in college, but how he you know he was he feasted a lot more on just constant movement and getting the play, right play set up and, and flying off of pin down screens and, and, uh, you know, catching and shooting and, and just, anyway, I don't know. I, I think that they're both just tremendous, tremendous players. I think Sam, that conference tournament, this, you know, last year, his senior year, this last you know run was one of the greatest conference tournaments I think you could ever, ever see from an, an individual, right? Like every single one of those games was just, he he was just lit it up and just dominated like and and I I forget what round it was that weren't we down to New Mexico I think we were down quite a bit yeah all the way back and won yeah like that like just being able to lead a team and and not panicking when they got down so much and just being able to lead a team and storm all the way back and win those games and even in the Wyoming game and and obviously the San Diego State game just doing it for for three straight nights and just huge shot after huge shot after huge shot. Just, and then culminating with that, you know, the shot that a lot of fans will, you know, Aggie fans especially won't, you know, ever forget with that, that huge one at the end of uh, the championship game against San Diego state. And, and just, I think that will be ingrained in, in every, in every Aggie fans mind for, for as long as they live. Right. Like that was, who knows when we'll see something like that um, ever, ever again, to be honest, like that was, on the one of the greatest conference tournament showings I've, I've ever seen from an individual and and props to to Sam for that it, it was just 
kind of a culmination of an amazing career that he's had and and saving his you know best three nights you know back to back to back to end his college career was pretty pretty historic to watch so I don't know um I I I don't know if you could go wrong with with uh you know who who you'd want to go with or who who you want to build your team around um I think Sam definitely has a shot to play in the NBA if he if he gets the right fit uh, he's a little taller uh than uh than JC and can maybe handle a little more defensively we'll we'll have to see how that plays out but regardless of um if he gets a shot at the NBA or not, he's going to have a long professional career wherever he ends up and be super successful. And, uh, and yeah, so I don't know if I had to choose one, I, I, I guess I'd say JC cause I, I played with him and know, know him a little better, but I don't know if that's necessarily the, uh, the right answer. Again, it's, you're, you're comparing two fantastic, you know, all time players that have played at, at Utah state. So I'm kind of rambling on now, but that's, uh, that's because those that guys great. are too great. You can't keep you can't keep uh, you can't you know say enough about how how awesome those guys were for for the school and how great of guys they both are. I I know JC and he's such a good dude and um, I know Sam a little bit. I you know uh, as well and he's he's obviously such a great guy and they're both you know great representations of what we want at Utah State and and uh, yeah it was it's been a joy to. It was a joy to be able to play with JC for for that his senior year that he was there, and watching Sam these last you know four years really his he's uh, he's a stud. So can't go wrong with either of those guys. Yeah, that's, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I've I've met JC a couple of times. I haven't really met Sam, but I saw him it was, it was, the last two years. I've gone to Vegas to watch the tournament, and it was kind of cool seeing how he he, he was pretty happy about cutting. I mean, I guess you've experienced this for like when you win a regular season um, championship or or a conference tournament, cutting down the nets. Like, mm-hmm. like he he, I think he even had a his pinned tweet for a while was saying like he came to Utah State to win conference championships, which I thought was cool yeah. that he said plural because he his his junior and senior year he ended up like winning both of those years. So that was yeah, that was kind of that was cool. Like you don't see. Very often, I mean, I think you guys won uh, like uh, here or there, but it seemed like every other year we were either in the March Madness or the NIT. But like, it's really hard to, especially when you don't get a lot of bids for your conference, it's hard to to punch that ticket. But it was cool to see the the Aggies this year. Um, the last two years, punch the ticket, and they were the first team. And luckily, they, I mean, the, the year before we were the day before Selection Sunday. But if it would have been that way this year, then we might not have even played our tournament because they, because I remember they canceled uh, a couple of them um, once yeah. all that spiraled out of control. Yeah, yeah. Looking back on it, you, it it sucked so bad that they couldn't play the you know NCAA tournament and just heartbroken for all those kids and for every all those you know kids from all those teams that were going to get a chance. It's just just a really raw deal for everyone. It really, just, I, my heart was broken for those kids. I couldn't even imagine being them, but when you, when you do look at it, like you say, hindsight, it's like, you know, 90, you know, 90% of the, the country didn't even get to play their concert, conference tournament. And if it would have been like every normal year, like you said, like we wouldn't have played it. It was just lucked out that we were able to have it a week earlier this year. And, and, um, you know, looking back on it now, you know, we're, we're, we're grateful that that happened because 
if it wouldn't have happened, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have been able to see that that performance that that we just discussed, which was so fun. What a fun ride those three days, and like I said, one of the best you know performances in a conference tournament by an individual that you'll that you'll really ever see, really. So pretty pretty awesome that at least we were able to do that when a lot of teams weren't able to get in that tournament. Yeah, that makes sense, and and at least on the bright side, like he was able to go out on top, like, like for most of the teams in the tournament, it eventually goes to an end, but I th- I'm kind of hoping one of these years it'll be, it'll be cool to see the Aggies win a tournament game. I know I know you guys had some really close ones. I think I remember seeing Marquette or Kansas State or a couple yeah. of those, but um, I remember when I was in fifth grade when Tony Brown um, won against Ohio State in the 5-12 upset, but now it seems like being yeah. in the Mountain West, if we can keep playing well like we're getting more favorable seeds than we got before so it seems like it's only a matter of time before we once this yeah. all starts up again hopefully we'll get a chance to get some wins there yeah we my years we you know we we were always an 11 or a 12 seed and like you said we we lost to Marquette by one point which was heartbreaking and that team actually had Jimmy Butler on it and Wes Matthews on it, which is kind of crazy, but um, it's, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of were able to get over the hump there, but, but like you said, like, what did they get a nine seed a couple of years ago? And then, I mean, this year, I'm sure they would have got you know, around that eight or nine or 10 maybe, but yeah, being in the mountain West is definitely super helpful. Um, they, you know, if they keep on this trajectory that they're on, they're going to be, you know, when they make the tournament again, they're going to be sitting in a good spot to to be able to take advantage of that. And yeah, that'll be definitely a a, a great day when we can, you know, get a get a, a good run in in the uh, the tournament that we haven't, you know, really ever had. So that would be uh, that would be a huge next step that we could we would love to all see happen, um, you know, to to the basketball program that I think would be would be awesome and definitely a capable, a capable, uh, program that, that can, that can do that. You know, we've seen schools similar to Utah state that have taken that leap and made some big runs in the tournament. And, you know, it's a matter of time that it'll, you know, happen here, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. We've seen San Diego state and, and about in the last decade, they've made it to the sweet 16 and that would be awesome. But even just one win would be cool. But um, yeah, I know we've, I yeah, it's been fun talking about a lot of the stuff. But um, I guess lastly, uh, I was just what I like to do when I interview people is just kind of let let kind of let them step on the soapbox, talk whatever they want about. So um, if you have anything like uh, funny stories about Stu Moral or what you like about the Aggies or just whatever you want, um, the floor is yours. <laughs> okay. Huh? Like. I'm trying to think. Um, one of my favorite, and and maybe this is a story that you um, you you've heard, um, and maybe not. But when I uh, I think it was my uh, I think it was my uh, fresh no, not my freshman year, my sophomore year. Um, no, maybe it was my freshman year. It was my freshman year, and we were playing um, Boise State at Boise in uh, the Taco Bell Arena at the time. I think they've named it something different now. But 
Um, and um, it was a huge game. Boise was uh, number one at the time in our in our in the conference. And if we were to win that game, um, it would have set us up in a, a great position to to get a get a piece of the regular season conference championship. And so it was a big game. And I remember um, Coach Stu. Um, kind of giving his little pregame speech in the in the locker room, and um, it was he's he's only done this once that the entire four years I played, and it was really interesting. But he he came before the game and he said, I he told us he's like I guarantee we're going to win this game. I, he's like I just have a feeling I know we're going to win this game, and I, it was all it was really weird because that really wasn't Coach Stu. He never really would say stuff like that, but he was like we're, we're we will for sure win this game. I just know we are. And he's like, I just feel really, really good about this game. And then there was the funniest thing. At the very end, um, we're all pumped and excited. And he's like, you know why? Because I feel so good. And then he pulls out. I don't know if you've ever seen um, one of some of those Hallmark cards that, like, you know, just like your your regular like Hallmark card that you can give to people for their birthday or whatever. But he pulls one out, and some of them used to have. Uh, you like open them up and they like play music in some of them, like some of those older ones. I don't know if they have, still have those, but he had this Hallmark card and he opens it up and it's the, oh, I forget the guy that even sings it, but it's the I feel good song. Like I feel good. Nah, 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 nah. And, and uh, <laughs> it was hilarious. Just I'm, I'm butchering the story, but it was it's just something I'll always remember. Like him just guaranteeing to us that we were going to win that game and him pulling out a Hallmark card about how he felt so good and playing that song. It was it was kind of a interesting thing that we'd never seen before and we were all pumped and yeah, we went out and we ended up winning that game and played great. And he was, he was, uh, I don't know how he knew we were for sure going to win that, but, uh, he, he, uh, called it, he called his shot on that one. So there's a bunch of other stories. That was just one that popped in my head off the top of my head. But, uh, but that's something I'll never forget because it was something that never happened before. It was pretty, pretty funny and unique. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I, who knows? Maybe it was the Hallmark card, like he was feeling good because he listened to that song. But but yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. a funny Stu story. Something, like something, he, something there, you know. And there's other funny ones. Like he he bent over at Nevada one time in a huge game at Nevada, and he ripped his pants. Um, and he's always like trying to stand the whole game, like coach, while his pants are ripped and and. Uh, there were some funny times with that in the locker room and kind of joking with him and stuff, but lots of different funny stuff. Um, but yeah, we could talk like another half an hour about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I remember hearing, I thought that happened, might've happened in New Mexico state. I remember hearing a podcast once, but, but yeah, that, but yeah, that sounds, cause I mean, obviously the opposing student section would probably like go like, like, like if that happened to an opposing coach at the R student section with at Utah State, they would probably give him such a hard time for that. But, yeah, but I heard they were that would be the worst place to have something. <laughs> yeah. But they were kind of, I heard they were kind of trying to hide it because they didn't want the student section to see, so they kind of just, they, he still had like bodyguards kind of standing in front of him so he could go and, <laughs> yeah. and change his pants. <laughs> but yeah, that's yeah. a good story. We would always but, joke with them too, like we would always joke with Stu about like how he 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 see, I don't he was pretty superstitious and so like he had all like these old shoes that were worn out and I was like man Stu like 
coach, like, you make a plenty of money. Like, go buy some new shoes. And you have these, like, old shoes and, like, you wear these old ties. And I think it was just, like, a superstitious thing. But we would kind of give him a hard time with that sometimes, too. It was kind of funny. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's old school. Like, it's it's cool, like, how he's – I think he was perfect for your time because, like, it was kind of – it wasn't quite what it is now where it's kind of like the new school. And I think Craig Smith um he's yeah. kind of good for that but Stu was good back yeah. then as well but yeah, both yeah be, play uh, really I, don't, good. I don't know if Stu would uh with the kind of the culture of everything today and kind of where everything's headed from like a play coaching perspective and players perspective and all that it's it's definitely a different time um and uh and I think you're right I think you know coach Smith is definitely a good a great fit for where things are at now and, and within the realm of college basketball and all that. He's obviously done a great job so far and hopefully he can keep it keep it going. So Yeah, definitely. Well yeah, Tyler, I wanna thank you for joining the podcast. Um you're you're welcome anytime. Like it was fun. Yeah. I'm sure like you said we could talk about um Aggie sports like for a long time but but yeah, I appreciate your time today and, and yeah, it was great to start the Aggie podcast and kind of what we do what I was saying at the start is um we kind of have a hashtag for each, each of the, like the three FBS teams we have like a cause Monday for BYU and then swoop Saturday for the Utes and so so yeah this will be the big blues day episode for for our our Tuesday so every Tuesday is kind of a a day for us to celebrate the Aggies so so thanks for helping us to do that yeah yeah, absolutely. Thanks for thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I uh, appreciate it, and it's been fun. It's always fun talking about Utah State, and I love it up there. And uh, yeah, go Aggies! I, I'm excited for football coming up, and uh, it should be good. And we'll have basketball hopefully coming, you know, a month or so after football starts. So hopefully we can as all stay safe and have a great year as you know great season and, and get the sports back that we love and uh and yeah good luck to you too and i, I appreciate it it's been it's been awesome thanks for letting me join your show yeah thanks yeah we look forward to to that to, yeah football next week and then i think um yeah basketball in about a month like around thanksgiving so yeah, ha- yeah. thanks and have a good one and, and go aggies TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.